Welcome to the Midas Touch podcast, Ben, Brett, and Jordy fighting for democracy with you each and every pod. We've got an incredible podcast for you, our guest chairman of the Democratic National Committee. You heard that right. Come chairman on. Come of on. the Democratic who, National Committee. Who I think it's going to be? Is in the building. Jamie Harrison will be. Let's go. Got a lot of questions to ask Jamie. I want to know Jamie's reaction. I don't think he's publicly responded or reacted to the legitimate political discourse statement by the Republican National Committee. They issued a formal resolution. The Republicans did. They issued a formal resolution where it has like whereas clauses. This was a like a contract. Yeah, this resolution. wasn't a slip of the tongue of Marjorie Taylor Greene calling it the gazpacho police. This was thought out, written down, reviewed, approved and put out there for the public to see. The formal resolution of the Republican Party calling January 6th, legitimate political discourse, legitimate political discourse. And what makes this extra just shocking, although nothing shocks me with them, though, is, well, this is what shocks me, that they even write words like these are not people who even can have the capacity or care or concern to even write resolutions. You'll recall the Republican platform during the 2020 election when you're supposed to release detailed platforms about what you're doing for the American people. Recall their platform was literally whatever Donald Trump says. That's not a joke. They didn't have a platform. It was just we defer to Donald Trump. We defer to our dear leader, Donald Trump. But here, the first time they prepare an actual resolution with words in it, what they type is that January 6th terrorist attack was a legitimate political discourse. And now you have Republicans like Kevin McCarthy being asked about it, literally running away. He looks like <laughs> Luigi from Mario Kart. Woohoo, get out of here. Woohoo. Woo right? <laughs> get out of here. That, that's what it looked like. I've never seen like the guy run so fast in my life. Looked like a video game. It was Trying unbelievable. For the Olympics over there. It's wild. So we're going to ask Jamie Harrison about that. And let me and, tell you this, Ben. Um, I know for a fact Jamie hasn't responded uh, or, or made a, a public comment yet on this political discourse comment. So we'll get the exclusive on that one. I'm, I'm excited to have the drop on that. And Jordy, I'm seeing that green background you got back there kind of reminding me of the cucumbers I like to slice in my gazpacho. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, what was that? That was Marjorie Taylor Greene being Marjorie Taylor Greene, referring to, uh, she said that the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi have sent the gazpacho police. Just play them, play the clip. Not only do we have the DC jail, which is the DC gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police spying on members of Congress, spying on the legislative work that we do, spying on our staff, and spying on American citizens that want to come talk to their representatives. So, Brett, what was she actually trying to say? Then? I mean, I assume she was trying to. First, let me address like the actual content of the message before we just start ridiculing her for this. I think what she was she was trying to say that Nancy Pelosi like has this control of the Capitol Police, which isn't even true to begin with. So like the whole comment was predicated on a lie, of course. Uh, but then she called it gazpacho. 
And I believe what she was trying to say was Gestapo, as in the secret Nazi police force. I think that's what she was going for. She went for the cold tomato-based soup. Uh, Similar, different, I don't know. We'll let the listeners decide. Uh, But, I mean, you cannot make this shit up. And this clip went mega viral yesterday. I mean, she looks like an absolute clown. And then I saw some comments out there that were like, oh, you're giving her attention. She does it on purpose. Oh, why are you sharing that? But it's like, listen, ridicule, stop it. Stop. Ridicule, first of all, is the best way to get at these fascists. Ridicule them, shame them, laugh at them. Also, we all need a good laugh. Like, straight up, that was hilarious. We all (laughs) thought that was just freaking hilarious. And don't give her too much credit. She is not this brilliant mastermind that's like, oh, I'm going to get attention for my ridiculous statement by saying gazpacho. She's really, she's a dumb person. Like She's She's not not, playing 3D chess. She's eating the pieces. Yeah, she's eating the pieces just like Trump was flushing the documents and eating the documents. Um, She is not that bright. And so, yes, we should all be laughing at her. Um, Just a a ridiculous clip. But, you know, it it goes into the whole thing. And, you know, we start with Marjorie Taylor Greene, which is a light subject. But it goes into the fact that all Republicans do is lie. They lie. They gaslight. They threaten and they terrorize. And I don't mean the shit for, you know, our our show is normally about current events and and the news cycle. And we just brought up a few things. We're going to have a lot to talk about with Jamie. And there's a lot in the news. But I think it's important to talk about personally how it's impacted us over these past few days because we've been the victim of those Republican lies, of Republicans trying to terrorize us, to scare us. And so I just want to be clear with the Midas Mighty, with all the listeners out there as to what's been happening, what we've been going through. I want to start with this, though. I would say that we were the targets of it, because guess what? At the end of the day, I can take it. Let me tell the MAGAs out there. I do not give a fuck (laughs) about your shit that you throw my way. It affects me literally zero zero and the fact that i know that i'm living in your heads rent fucking free rent free makes it even more hilarious but what i've noticed though through these attacks targeting us because i've responded to a few of the people Uh, so did i by the way i have plenty of stories that we could share about this on this show is that this MAGA base, though, is living in, they've been they truly have been radicalized, though, in a way where when you actually have a human interaction with them, when you actually call them out in almost all cases, two things have occurred. They've either been chicken shit and they've all kind of universally claimed when they've been called out. Oh, I've been hacked. So, yeah. So let me get this straight. So somebody hacked your Instagram, it's actually your Instagram, so that they can then write messages of hate, threatening and saying absurd and offensive things to me and my brothers. They hacked your Instagram, it's yours, solely for the purpose of that. So that's one classification. When confronted, they run. They run like their dear leader, Donald Trump, who is a chicken shit, who can't stand up to people. At the end of the day, Trump is the biggest snowflake. He is the biggest of all snowflakes and he's projecting. Alternatively, there were some people who I called out who were like, yo, maybe next time you come to Florida, we could have lunch. I'm so sorry. I've learned a really big lesson today. I really because I, you know, I even invited a few on the podcast. And of course, they've all turned that down because they were chicken (laughs) shit to come on. I don't want to come on the pod, but like 
I really learned a lesson today in my life that was really important. And you seem like a good person. And I shouldn't have said things like this to you. And the things that they say, it's always, it's just very weird. It's, it's sexual. It's about looks. It's very strange, you know? So like, this is one person, I won't say his name because he actually ended up apologizing. Kyle Skinner. Oh, shit. I said his name. Um, but <laughs> he, 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 Whoops. <laughs> oops. He ended up ap- apologizing, though. He did. And he said that he learned one of the biggest lessons in his life and that I seem like a really good person and he'd love to have lunch with me. That's how this conversation ended. But this is how he starts off. Just direct messaging me at 4.05 a.m. in the morning. People like you make me sick. Must have got zero bitches in high school. Ugly ass. Little brat and pathetic. And a lot of them involved my relationship with women during high school. Like that was not an isolated comment from a real person who's got followers. I mean, not like a lot of followers, but, you know, and post pictures with his family. Like he was so radicalized and these, he posted his job. He took it down. These people have their jobs out there that they think in their fantasy world, in their Trump world, MAGA world that they've lived in with Tucker and Joe Rogan's and all these people saying these things that they just send comments like that with zero repercussions. They are radicalized individuals who see no real world ramifications for what they're having. Brett, talk about some of your experience. All right. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to focus on two and I may remember some others. I mean, there were literally dozens and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these messages, but there were dozens that I actually engaged with at the end of the day. One of them was a concert photographer. I won't say his name. Um, and I won't, I'm not just saying that I'm, I'm not going to say his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so this guy sends us a message on the Midas account. He says something like, put the gun to your face and pull the trigger. So, pull it up, you know, pull it up. I'll pull it up right now. And so you, you all see the message if you're watching right now. Blur it out and name. yeah, blur, blurring it out. And so you see this message. And so I screenshotted this message and I posted it on our Twitter account. All of a sudden, you know, this guy takes down his account, deactivates his account. Then he goes and he Instagram messages me and he goes, Oh, I don't even know how that DM came out of my account. I would never say something like that. My account must have been hacked. And I said, you really, like Ben said, like you expect me to believe that somebody hacked into your account for the sole purpose of sending me a message to tell me to kill myself. That's that's your position. Yes, I actually agree with a lot of your views and this and that. And that to me right there is also a bit of a tell. I agree with your view because that means they know our politics. That means exactly. they've looked into us enough to know that. So then, you know, I go back and forth with the guy. He goes, you know, I keep getting messages. Now I'm getting threatened and now my jobs are on the line and I sell photos to Rolling Stone. And I said, oh, Rolling Stone. That's interesting that you sell photos to Rolling Stone. I sell photos to this person and I do concerts and I do this and oh, woe is me. And, you know, I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Like, these are the, the consequences of your actions at the end of the day. Like you told me to kill myself. The actions have consequences. You could say that you didn't, that it wasn't you, uh, you know, I, I simply, I don't believe that. So that was that one right there. The next one I want to talk about is somebody who I will say his name. Uh, his name was Dan. This guy, Dan, the other night, uh, I get 
just hit with inundated with a billion phone calls, phone call after phone call after phone call after phone call. I think I had somewhere between nine and 11 phone calls on my phone. Then I get a text message from Ben's partner who sends us that this same phone number has called Ben 27 times. Then this same person ends up calling Ben's partner, then ends up calling my wife and calls her a million times. So finally, I pick up the phone. And this is what I hear on the other line of that call. Watch out for yourself, motherfucker. So if you could hear uh, what that phone call said, he said, hang yourself, watch out for yourself, motherfucker. Now, what Danny over here, um, here is the thing. These people aren't that bright is something that is a good thing for us. Um, so Danny over here called on his actual phone number. Not only that, <laughs> Ben's phone, for whatever reason, literally the caller ID picked up his name when he called. Because I so called him back on WhatsApp. When I called him on WhatsApp, his like face, his name. His face, his name, his where he's <laughs> from. showed up when I called him on WhatsApp. So let me take you through the saga that happened after this. So... You know, I, I look up Danny. I, I try to find out some more about him, go to his Facebook page. I find out, you know, I see his whole family. Uh, I find out his father, who's a pilot for American Airlines. I find his father's number. I find that his father and him share the same address. Now, keep in mind, Danny is 34 years old. So I was wondering, okay, does Danny live with his parents? Because that would be a little too on the nose here. Um, but let me try. Let me give a ring. I have the number. Literally, I have all the phone numbers right now. I have all the information. I know everything about this person and his family. So let me give a ring. So I call up Danny's dad. And <laughs> his daddy? <laughs> I called his dad. Me, mind you, I'm younger than Dan. And so I'm having a conversation with his dad about his behavior. And so I, call, <laughs> I called Dan's dad. And mind you, it is, you know, nine Pacific my time. So, I mean, what, what's the Missouri time zone? Is it Eastern time? It's probably Mountain um, Pacific. It's yeah, probably, probably Mountain or Eastern. There. So, you know, you got to figure it's 11 or midnight in, in Missouri. So I call and the person picks up. Hello. I go, yeah, um, I was wondering, if th is this so-and-so? He goes, that depends on who's asking. I go, okay, so I'm assuming it is um, mm -hmm. by that response. Now, I'm wondering, do you have a son named Dan? Uh, that depends on uh, who's calling here. Okay, well, my name's Brett Micellis. I work for a group named Midas Touch. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but... Your son, Dan, has been calling me. He's called me about a dozen times. He's called my brother multiple dozens of times. He's called, and he's harassing us. He's spamming us. But not only that, he's threatening our lives. I said, are you aware of that? Oh, no, I didn't realize uh, that you did that, that he was doing that. Uh, I said, you know, listen, I know you're a, you know, you're probably like an honorable man. You're probably like somebody who loves your country. Like, I'm sure you're a good guy. And I'm, I'm sure Dan is also not a bad person. Um, you know, I know that you're a pilot. I know that you, you know, have this great job. Like, I know you're like, you're an upstanding citizen in this world. So like, why would your son be calling me at, you know, 11 midnight your time to tell me to kill myself? He goes, well, if, uh, would you mind if I, uh, if I happen to have Dan right next to me right now, would you talk to him man to man and, uh, have a conversation about this? I said, of course, Put Dan on, put Dan on right now. And now I will, you know, rather than recount the story, should I play the full phone call or at least most of the phone call that I had with Dan? Yes, absolutely. But I just have to say before you play it, I you never say the expression man to man. 
but in this phone call you use that expression all the time so it's it's hilarious to me now the origin of that story that that his dad had said that to you which is why it was so fresh in your brain yeah it's cuz it's cuz his dad said will you speak you to never, my you son never man used to that man in your life it's yeah so, so that's yeah so that's why i that's why i went in so we talking man to man right now daddy's boy <laughs> little daddy's boy living in his daddy's basement who calls me and thinks it's okay to threaten me to threaten my wife to threaten my brothers to threaten all of our loved ones you think that's cool you think that's cool danny boy i'll i'll play you the phone conversation right now now. And this, it goes on for a little bit. So just, just yeah, get do ready. An abri- maybe do like an abbreviated version. I think right, people will get the point. All right. There. All right. I'll do a few minutes of it. You with your daddy? <laughs> you think you're a tough guy, Dan? No. Is there something you want to say? Is there something you want to man up to right now? Man to man. I, I fucked up. You fucked up? Yep. Are you, do you apologize? Are you going to call everybody who you called and send text messages and profusely apologize for what you've done? This is your chance. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I'm just talking to you man to man. You don't call somebody. You don't call somebody's wife. You don't threaten them and harass them. I, I didn't threaten anyone. You told me to hang myself. You said you were coming for me. I so I did, I did not. I, ha- I have a recorded actually. And so you could either apologize Man to man, say you're sorry to me, apologize to everybody you called, take it back, or I'm going to have to take the necessary action, call the authorities right after this phone call. Of, co- of course, I, I will. All right. I'm just, I'm not, not positive who, you know, who I called. All right, well, you call everybody back who you called. You know your missed calls. Man up about this. Be a man. I, I will. All right. This could be a learning moment for you, all right? You don't call strangers and do that shit. Just such cowards. Like cowards. he couldn't even admit it. I think he, he was peeing his pants. Even admit it. It sounded like the guy was near tears. He was sitting next to his daddy. He sounded like he was near tears. What he told me, so after that, he calls me back up immediately because I told him to call up everybody who he had contacted. He didn't realize that I was the person he had just talked to. So then he calls me to apologize again after that. And he informs me that he works for an organization in which he has access to people's phone numbers and that he took advantage of having access to our phone numbers through whatever database he has. I don't know what company he works for. I don't know what that was, but you know, he did end up calling back, you know, our wives. He ended up calling back Ben and apologizing. But the fact is you see how they cower once they are confronted. And guys, you know, I don't, I don't speak like that to anybody ever. Like I don't raise my voice like that. I really, I really don't speak like that to anybody, but I needed to be stern with this guy because he was threatening my life and and the people who I love the most. And so you just see how he cowers, he's near tears. And still after all that pressing, he goes, I didn't, I, I, I didn't say that uh, to hang yourself. I didn't say that. It's like, dude, I have it on tape that you said that to me. Like the thing is they are so radicalized that once they see something that triggers them or once they are called to war, so to speak, they just can't even control themselves. They yeah, just it's start definitely, reaching it's out. It's a Pavlovian, right? It's a Pavlovian response. And, <clears throat> and ben, that though quick, is, I reflect back on Ben. I reflect back on on what you said last podcast, man. You enter the arena, you can't expect to not get thing. These people decided to come at us, enter our arena, and we don't back down from this type of stuff. I don't care if they're weird incels living with their parents. I don't care if they're these weirdo projectionists who literally have no lives. Like if they're gonna come at us and make these threats, 
you better believe that we're going to find out exactly who they are and put them on blast. I think we actually called about four or five different work locations yesterday and got these guys under like some type of severe investigation. I, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you about one of those two, and then we can move on from this subject if you guys want. Although I could talk about this all day, to be honest. Um, so another person, you know, DMs us <clears throat> and says, I think you should be wiped off the face of this planet, basically. And so, you know, once again, this person, oh, then he finished it off. Make America great again. Once again, these people are always incredibly public. Like I was able to see everybody in this person's family. Their Instagram account was open. I was able to see where they worked. All their information is out there for everybody to see. So I picked up the phone and I called up the, uh, the company where he worked for, which was some sort of steel company uh, in Arkansas, Arkansas or something like that. And so I call up. And, you know, they sound a little confused when I'm speaking with them. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know, I want to read you this statement from that one of your employees sent me. I want you to know, you know, do you tell me, does this align with the values of your company? And I read it to them and they were like, oh, well, what was the name of the person that you said? And they like hesitated for a little bit and then told me that this person actually did not work for them. Now, I later found out that this was a complete and total lie, that they, the HR department actually lied to us about him not working for them. So, you know, then, you know, I end up contacting the person's uh, wife, I believe it's his wife, on, on Instagram, and I sent him the message, and I just I said, hey, like, do you think this is okay, like, for people to be sending messages like this to me and my family? Like, this is sent by your husband. Like, do you think this is an okay way to, to speak to somebody? I'm just like genuinely curious. And then I get a whole message back. Oh my gosh, he would never say that. He would never do that. Was he, he doesn't hacked? even. He Yeah, he said he was hacked. He doesn't <laughs> even use social media. His account must have been hacked. Oh no, you can't do this. I can't believe it. And I said, you know, once again, I said, I listen, I, I don't believe you, but listen, I'm going to give him a chance to apologize to me. And, you know, I'm happy to call back up and say that we're all good. If, you know, if I get, if I get an apology, you know, I will, I will stand down. She goes, but he didn't do this. And da, 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 da. can I please have your number? He wants to talk to you. His company wants to talk to you. We have a five month old kid. I can't afford to lose my job. He can't, he can't afford to lose his job. Da, 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 da. I go, okay, here's my phone number. Let's, you know, let's chat about this. And so the guy calls me a little while later later and we speak and he goes, you know, he goes, yeah. So I just want to let you know that, you know, I didn't send that message. Am I a Trump supporter? You're damn right. I'm a Trump supporter, but I didn't, I'm like, okay. And once again, like you clearly sent the message. Nobody hacked into your random account so that they could send me a death threat. That just is not what happens. And everybody who I contacted, there wasn't a mass hacking this weekend over the over the last forty eight yeah, hours. I think that, people need a, I think people need stronger passwords. Is one of the one of the lessons I've learned can, from this. Stop and making then, your password password or one two three four five. Seriously, six, like just when not. backed into the corner, we don't run like these losers. We don't run like these pathetic pathetic people. No, no, we fight back. So here's the thing. Let let me tie it all together. It, it these right wing extremists are in an echo chamber of lies, of fraud, of fear, okay? And it's created by the Fox Newses of the world, the Dan Baginos of the world, the- uh, And Shapiro's Steve of the Bannons world. Steve of the world. They, they've literally created, you know how people talk about like a metaverse is being created? 
It's literally yeah, its the, own the metaverse. The it's MAGA-verse. really its own. MAGA-verse. It's its own verse. The MAGAverse. The MAGAverse. Yeah, it's and and it's their own language where gazpacho is a thing, and <laughs> the January and legitimate political discourse is January sixth, and it, it, it's a it's a fake world that they live in, and what they're what they're doing, what Fox News, what they're intentionally doing, is otherizing people who do not share their fascistic views which at the end of the day is just to enrich an oligarchy a billionaire class of people like rupert murdoch and others in this country and so what they do how they paint whether it's aoc you know whether it's us you know whether it's a soros hillary clinton hillary clinton as cockroaches like we're dehumanized is what Fox News is ultimately doing. And they're creating these lies out there. And there are people, 60, 70 million people in the country that believe that. Where we have to counter that, though, is look, as you said, Jordy, we'll push back. We'll be in the arena. We'll fight it. But we should never be distracted. OK, what we have to be focused on is hope, is love is optimism because ultimately that's what will advance our country that's what will advance the people of this world you know we're not living you know you you dip your toes in this world of stoolies it's it's scary it's not scary because i'm afraid of it it's scary that these people are harboring such paranoia They're harboring such anger and they walk around this country so desperate, so anger, so spiteful. Their views, these men's views about women are so atrocious and they carry this with them every single day, these seething, angry people. But Midas touch, we're providing hope at the end of the day. We're not living in that world. We don't live in that echo chamber. We got to call out that echo chamber. This podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I love my Athletic Greens, giving me the energy and purpose I need. Jordy, you made the comment before as I was getting on and I stood up, you were like, Ben, yeah, you are just shredding the the weight off right there. Huh? I don't know if that was my exact verbiage, but yeah, man, you look really damn good. It was your exact verbiage. <laughs> With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus. It helps with aging all things. You just take a scoop of that green, delicious AG1 powder. You put it in the cup. You shake up the cup. You drink it. You are good for the day. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, 
or gluten-free, this is for you. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and guess what? It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's received thousands and thousands of five-star reviews, and its creator, like me, its founder, was experiencing these gut health issues. He ended up spending like $100 a day before finding Athletic Greens, and Athletic Greens did the trick. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Midas to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I would also be remiss before we bring in Jamie Harrison, if I didn't mention our other sponsor, Blinkist, I love Blinkist. This is all about empowering people in 2022. And we want to focus on how you can empower yourself. And the way you do that, the way I do that is I read and listen to Blinkist, which basically breaks down these books, like some of my favorite nonfiction books, for example, uh, The Five Second Rule, The 5 A.M. Club, 5 A.M. Club by Robin Sharma, um, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. And you read these things rather than having to read the whole book. The Blinkist breaks down for you the book, the key specific takeaway points from it. And so from the five second rule, I knew how to motivate myself, how to get up in the morning. Five, four, three, two, one, boom. I'm ready for the day. The 5 a.m. club, the way it would break it down for me, you got to start your day early. What you do from those hours from five to six a.m., could be revolutionary and change your day. You get in that workout, you get in that you time to think, you meditate a little, and I promise you, you will be on a day and a track and have those small gains that make big games. I learned all of that from Blinkist. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. You go to Blinkist.com slash Midas and you start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Midas to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash Midas and check out some other great books. Fire and Fury, Fear, A Short History of Brexit. The list really goes on and you'll get the key points. You don't even have to read the full book. You'll be you'll be as if you read the full book. So go to Blinkist.com slash Midas. Now, I am so happy to have Jamie Harrison on the podcast. We're going to introduce him in a second, though. But to have Jamie Harrison on right now with everything that's going on with the Republican National Committee calling the January 6th legitimate political discourse. Wow. I also, I think we have to ask Jamie as well, though, you know, what are these weird rumors going around? I, I think Jamie, Jamie's a fighter and Jamie's done more with the DNC right now than I think anyone in that position in the past, period. He's the perfect person leading what we need right now. And I feel good. I feel great 
about the 2022 midterms. Great about the 2022 midterms. And let me just give you my analysis before calling in Jamie. Here's the confluence of factors that's happening in 2022, right? We have the January 6th committee. We're going to talk more about that on the on the other side of the Jamie Harrison interview, though. We're learning about Trump eating documents, but the January 6th committee is seriously he's eating documents instead of shredding them. He's ben, you made them. the crazy thing is you made a joke about this last episode. You're like, what is Trump doing now? Is he eating the documents? Is he whatever? And I was like, no, he's not eating the documents. He's eating. He's them. ripping them up. But it turned out, in fact, what they he do in the Magaverse, man, eating, they eat eating with gazpacho. More more talking about that. But January 6th committee. The economy is doing great. The inflation has pretty much peaked at this point and inflation's getting better. The economy's strong. The stock market is strong. Biden's created more jobs than any president like in history, period. Biden has created more jobs and we're doing real innovative things like the federal government's coming up with its own cryptocurrency to stabilize crypto markets, like real structural, just unique, interesting things that I think is going to further fuel the economy. Here's what we also have happening. The Supreme Court is going to either overturn Roe v. Wade or it's going to uphold Mississippi's 15-week ban on abortions. That is going to be horrible. Americans don't agree with that ruling, this radicalized extremist court. But this is going to mobilize voters, okay? And the confluence of what the Supreme Court's going to do, what's going on with January 6th committee, with a strong economy, and we are turning the corner on COVID. Even states, the Democratic states, as the numbers are getting much better, as we're getting on this other side of Omicron, we're, you know, mask mandates are going away. We're following the science, and the science is working. So to me, all those factors together are what's critical here and why Democrats are going to end in the redistricting redistricting. Democrats are winning the redistricting right now. And if anything, it may be a draw. Democrats may win, but more about that later. But now let's bring on chairman of the Democratic National Committee, Jamie Harrison. Welcome to the pod. Hello, hello, hello. It's so good seeing you guys again. Thank you for having me on. Great having you. So you're staying safe from the gazpacho. Lots of gazpacho being thrown <laughs> around in D.C. I so hear. much gazpacho. Good grief, man. Uh, like, you know, does she not have staff to just edit that stuff before she puts it on? Or, or I mean, come on. Uh, how simple can you be? But, you know, simple is uh, a kind word. Uh, well, I, I, well I, I I'm being it. kind. I'm being kind. I mean, listen, that, that was just dumb. I mean, between her and Cawthorn, I, I just don't understand. I mean, it's just it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but I'll tell you what about about Cawthorn. He made a very compelling case for why he should be ousted. Like he knew the exact talking points of why he shouldn't be there. And when he was saying that on the news, I was like, you know what? Great point. You should get the hell out of there right now. You are a traitorous human being. Well, and he doesn't represent his constituents. He doesn't do anything to benefit the people in North Carolina. And I hope they give him the uh, 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 golden ticket to Mar-a-Lago so he can, uh, uh, you know, be with his dear leader and they can all sip margaritas or something. Send Ted Cruz down there, too. I, I mean, they all need to go. It is a caucus. A Republican conference has become uh, it's like a, a gang of juvenile delinquents. And it led by a feckless, back, uh, no backbone leader in McCarthy. And it's just sad. 
I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, though, the Republican National Committee, though. The, the words oh, I think will ring. Oh, in, Rona. I, I, Rona. Think, <laughs> I think it will ring in infamy, though, those words. Legitimate political discourse. And this was in the censure motion, a resolution that the Republican National Committee passed. This is just for people knowing outside. This is a formal document with whereas clauses that has the seal of the Republican National Committee, which says, whereas Representatives Cheney and Kinziger are participating in a persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse referring to January 6th. Chairman, what's your response? You know, when you think that you have heard it all in politics, and then you see what Rona and her gang of, uh, of folks at the RNC created, it, you just, you have to shake your head. I mean, let's think about January 6th and what it was, right? We saw hundreds of the Capitol Police and the DC police that were beaten, that were mace, uh, that were beaten with the American flags, that uh, had uh, fire extinguishers, thrown at them, that they, they, they were crushed in, in, in doors. We saw the windows broken. We saw furniture destroyed. We saw feces spread over the walls of the United States Capitol. We saw nooses hung up where they said, hang Mike Pence, who was the vice president of the United States, go after the speaker of the United States House of Representatives. And to have a party in this country call that legitimate, political discourse is beyond the pale. These people don't deserve to be in power. They don't deserve to get close to power because we see what they will do with it. You know, I've been very clear for months now, and I've called you know, the party of, of Lincoln is no more. The, the party of Trump is a party that is built on fear, on fraud and fascism. And that's what it is. I mean, they send fake electors to Washington, D.C. to try to steal an election. They try to gin up fear. Oh, we're going they're going to defund the police. Oh, uh, you know, CRT. We can't we can't teach black history, uh, you know, and and all the while they're trying to steal elections. I mean, this is sad. It is a sad state. And this is why people have to understand you better go vote because your life depends on it. Democracy. Uh, the way that we live our lives now in, in this country depends on this vote in November. And so a lot is at stake and you cannot give the, the Cawthorns and the Marjorie Taylor Greens gavels over uh, important committees that really have an impact on how we live our lives in this country. The one thing I would add, I would add Jamie, to um, the fear fascism, you know, and fraud, though, is that they're very weak because when confronted as well by their own words, legitimate political discourse, you saw reporters trying to ask Kevin McCarthy the other day and he, was he literally splits. ran. He sprinted away. Did you see that? I saw that. I saw that. He was running sprints. I mean, and, and it's just sad. I mean, listen, it, McCarthy has to be one of the weakest leaders I have ever seen uh, uh, grace the United States Capitol. I mean, the guy has no baggage. I mean, this is a guy who was like, what, 
picking through Starburst or something for for the, the president of the United States, trying to find those pink ones because the president likes them. Right. This is a guy crying about Dr. Seuss. Uh, uh, and oh, my God, we can't even read Dr. Seuss. Well, I can buy your damn book of Dr. Seuss if you will agree to not not be in Congress anymore. And, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. And we we, we America deserves so much better. You have to give him credit for one thing. It's hard to run that fast without a spine. <laughs> That's exactly right. You're right. <laughs> he, he was he was the slipping over the floors, I guess. <laughs> but chairman, there's a clear contrast that we see, though, between the Republicans claiming a terrorist act is legitimate political discourse and things like the job numbers that we've seen. President Biden creating the most jobs of any president in history, in terms of uh, modern, modernized nations recovering from COVID, like our economy is probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest in the world right now. And these have to do with Biden's policies themselves and what he's implemented. And, and this is despite all the obstruction taking place from the Republicans, where we could actually be if there wasn't that obstruction. So how do we communicate that to the American people also, though, that the Democrats are working for the people. Yeah, well, and, and Democrats are delivering for the people. And, and that's part of our message going into this midterm. I think part of what we have to do, and the president has acknowledged this, is that we have to get out uh, across this country uh, as we are starting to, to work our way out of COVID uh, to make sure that we sell the president's agenda. We need to make sure that people understand that when they see these bridges that are being rebuilt and roads being paved, um, when we see uh, the broadband that is coming into their communities, who who actually was responsible for getting that done? Now, there are some Republicans who are trying to lay claim, even though they voted no. And we are going to make sure that people understand that they didn't vote for the bill. If you voted no, then you cannot take the credit for it. Right. There's no vote, no credit. So uh, we're going to make that plain. Um, through TV, through radio, through having true squads go to some of these groundbreakings to just make sure that the newspapers make uh, cover it rightly, that these people didn't vote for these things. But it's also important to note that many of the things that we are enjoying now, kids are back in school. 95% of schools are open now. And you know why they're open? They're open because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Democrats in the House and the Senate voted in the American Rescue Plan in order to fund schools and make sure that they had the resources to open up because of COVID. So when we Omicron slammed the country, uh, instead of having the impact that we saw with Trump and we had to close the schools, we were able to keep schools open because they were equipped with the resources and the testing and the mask and everything in order to keep themselves and the students uh, and the teachers safe. And so there's a lot to be proud of. The, the president's working very, very hard to continue uh, to address these issues. Um, uh, the COVID virus uh, is, is, is not an easy thing to tackle, but you know what? America's doing a better job of tackling than any other country in the world. Uh, and we will continue to move uh, forward because of, of the great policies and leadership that we got in Joe Biden and, and Democrats in the House and the Senate. Yeah, and I want to talk about that leadership, and I want to talk the energy that Democrats have right now. I think a lot of people were concerned a few months ago, or at least much more concerned a few months ago than they were now. And then recent stories showed that the DNC, and I think this is really all credit to your leadership here, had a record fundraising haul. Could you tell us just a little bit about that? Well, you know, and I want folks to understand the context of this. 
the DNC has raised more last uh, last year than any other sort of, you know, going into a midterm election in the DNC's history. And we did that still dealing with COVID, right? So, so uh, you know, a lot of haters and all those folks want to talk. Well, folks, <laughs> the, the facts remain that there's money in the bank and we're putting that money into voter protection. We're putting that money into organizers on the ground. Uh, we're putting that money into building a stronger Democratic Party in every one of our states, going back to a 57 states and territory strategy. So I am so proud uh, of the work that uh, our team has been doing. And folks, a lot of this money is coming from our small dollar donors. It's the grandma and the grandpas and the aunts and the uncles that are giving five and 10 and $20 in order to support this president, to support this party and the agenda that we have to build back better. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of that uh, and proud of where we build it, but we still have much more to go because the Republicans are raising right at the same level in which we are. And so we, we cannot let up. We got to redouble our efforts. We got to push harder. Um, we are, we're putting more people on the ground. I'm so proud of the voter protection program that we have for the first time in almost 30 years, the DNC's back in the voter registration, uh, F, uh, uh programs that, that we're building. Uh, we're reaching out to all of our communities, but again, there's so much work left to be done, but I'm very, very proud of, of what we have done so far. It's, it's really incredible, Jamie, and, and just total props to you. But you, you brought up the haters, so I think I, you know, I'd love to give you an opportunity to address the haters head on because NBC News ran a piece a few weeks ago, which I'm sure you're aware of. It said DNC Chair Jamie Harrison has considered an early exit amid White House tension. Any truth to that story I ain't whatsoever? going anywhere. I, <laughs> I, I am going to the White House probably next week, but I, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. You know, I, I enjoy a very a great relationship and always had a great relationship with then Vice President Biden and now President Biden. I mean, you know, when I was chair of the South Carolina Democratic Party, uh, the vice president probably attended four. You know, we are red state. Everybody doesn't give us a chance. But Joe Biden would come to South Carolina and be with us anytime we asked him. Uh, he came down probably four or five times to help with fundraisers for our state party and all because he believes in a 50 state strategy. He believes that you cannot just cede any territory to Republicans. And if he can help a state, then he's going to do that. And he has given me the green light as chair of the DNC to make sure that we continue to have that type of philosophy for every one of our state parties. So, you know, that's how we came up with the, the $23 million dollars that is going and dedicated to state parties right now. That's how we came up with the red state fund, which is a special fund, a, a pot of money that we have set aside for red states to help them compete more in this midterm election. So I'm proud of what we've been able to do. I'm proud of my, my friendship and partnership with, with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, uh, who I also adore. And she, she's been right there helping every step of the way. So in the end of the day, we're gonna continue to push Again, I'm not leaving anywhere. Um, I, I'm dedicated to to making this party as strong as we possibly can. Sounds like the dream team to me, Jamie. Uh, yep. Next thing I wanted to uh, discuss is, you know, we could have all the money in the world, but I think what the right is very good at is spreading disinformation on the internet. Yes. I mean, we've been victims of that. You know, you know, a lot of Democrats have been victims of that. We've seen it most recently with this crack pipe story that spread rapidly around the internet. Is the DN does the DNC have a unit to combat that? Where like within an hour after a story starts catching on, they could go lie. This is why. Here's the truth. 
We do have a disinformation team at the DNC, and it's sad that you have to have that, but you do. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the only thing that the Republican, again, uh, you know, fear, fraud, and fascism, that, that's what they're all about. And it's about fear and they will lie. They, you know, if Rona McDaniel is opening her mouth, she is, uh, a lie is falling out. I mean, uh, I, I think, uh, if she's typing something, then she's typing a lie. That's all that they can do because they can't stand in the truth. And so, um, uh, our disinformation team also is working behind the scenes to push back with the various mediums and platforms to say, this is not the truth. And you, we're asking them to either pull those things down or to correct them or to flag them as disinformation. Uh, and we've been able and been successful at doing just that. And in our comms team, it's working behind the scenes all the time with reporters and all, uh, making sure that they have the facts. And then when you have Jen Psaki, who's at the White House, I mean, and and her her constant sake bombs, uh, it, you know, <laughs> there's there nobody better at, at just setting uh, some of the media straight, particularly some of our, our friends over at, at some networks that I won't even call their name, uh, just to make sure that, that they put out the truth. Well, Jamie, do you, uh, you, you know, we came up with sake bomb, yeah? Oh, I didn't know you guys did that. Oh, yeah. But look at there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys are always adding something new to the lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> got to love it. I, I, Jordy has a, a few for you, but I, I know everyone's going to be like, let Jordy speak. Let Jordy speak. Every time, wanna... Jamie, every time. Uh, Jordy, Jordy, you're my man, man. Oh, I, I appreciate wanna... <laughs> you, Jamie. I appreciate you. I just got one more because because you brought up the network that shall not be named. Yes. I, want to, I was wondering, do you think there is value in more Democrats going on the network that shall not be named, which is Fox News and and other networks like that. I know Pete Buttigieg, whenever he goes he on, was the he best. crushes uh, it, like crushes every it. Every time. Um, so I would just, what's your opinion in general about getting more Democratic voices on there? Well, we, we should to push back against all of the noise uh, uh, that we get from that side. And, you know, and the whole fair and balanced thing. Come on now. You know, <laughs> again, like seriously, like really, are, are, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Um, because <laughs> there ain't nothing fair or balanced about it. But nonetheless, I think it's important that we push back in, in all means. As I said, that we can't cede any territory in, in terms of states, but we can also we can also not cede territory as as it relates to going into uh um uh into the lion's den and pushing back against some of the disinformation and lies that they tell some of the folks that are watching. It's really important that we do that. And Jamie, I just want to go back really quickly to the amazing jobs report that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, Overwhelmingly a positive thing for the American people, yet the Republicans seemed upset by it. Why do they root? Why are Republicans rooting against Americans? Rooting against Americans. Did you see, Jordy, um, when the report came out, I think Ducey and some of the others right before they had this whole thing go, oh, it's going to be really bad. And they're going to talk about build back better and everything else. And then I, I like I just wanted to be like a fly in the wall or the fly on, on Mike Pence's head to see to, to see that moment when the numbers were released and like, oh, oh, you, you know, it, it's just sad to, to see a network like that that is rooting against this country coming back from probably the worst thing of our lifetime in terms of uh, uh, dealing with this pandemic. But but nonetheless, you know, Joe Biden persists and he's mm-hmm. going to continue to fight and push to make sure that America gets back on track. 
Um, and so, you know, right now it's addressing the inflation issues and making sure that we address those things. But it also is to continue to push on the Build Back Better agenda. I mean, think about how it would help families right now if they had child care relief. Mm-hmm. That would be a game changer for so many families. If they had relief on uh, prescription drug costs, a game changer for families. And so what I want to see our Democrats do, put those bills, which are extremely popular, put those bills on the floor and have the Republicans vote them down. Jamie, vote I have a question just on that. Sorry to, to their, interrupt. Yeah, yeah, I just go, had go one. Ahead. So my question just is really a tactical one, because exactly what you said with those bills. One of the things that I've always just wondered is we always package these as a big build back better kind of omnibus that has all of these elements. Is there a utility and could the Democrats just do one off child care, you know, and just push that through quickly? Or is there like a timing issue? Like how come it's always packaged as these big bills versus just getting one offs that we know will be W's, you know, wins right away? Yeah. Well, Ben, the big part on that is I wish we could pull all of them apart because I think then you can actually get the benefit of passing them and and talking about them in their own light. Uh, When you think about the American Rescue Plan and all of the things that were a part of it, it was so big that people still don't know all of the good things that they were able to get out of that plan. The problem we have is the structure of the Senate, the 50-50 Senate. The only way that you can get past the, the filibuster in the Senate uh, the, one of the few ways is reconciliation. And the reconciliation process forces you to have one bill um, so that you put all of these things into so that you can then bypass the filibuster. Because otherwise, uh, you, know, you, you have to deal with McConnell and the Republicans who want to hold that up. So that's the reason why. It, otherwise, we would have passed them on an individual basis. Um, but because of, uh, of the filibuster, uh, reconciliation is the, one of the only ways that we could have gotten a big package of things together and got it through the United States Senate. And Jamie, before I was rudely interrupted by my older brother, Ben, uh, what I was going to say is I feel like the tide is shifting in a positive way again for Democrats. Uh, the base feels energized again, uh, like we saw back in, in 2019, 2020. Uh, what, what do you think? Where do you think it's going here for Democrats in 2022? How are we looking? Well, listen, I, I feel really, really good. I'm going to feel I, I, I feel better once we have a nominee for the Supreme Court. I think that's going to be a galvanizing thing for a lot of Democrats um, to, to continue to, to make history here. Uh, we we made history with the first African-American woman vice president and now uh, an African-American woman on the Supreme Court. And that's going to be a big deal. And then, you know, we have some issues that are, I think will mobilize us. Uh, coming forward. Uh, again, trying to get the president's agenda through, but you know, also seeing what the Supreme Court's going to do on some major issues that will have an impact on the lives of people across this country, particularly you know, issues like affirmative action and women's rights to control their own body. Um, and so those are going to be big galvanizing issues for us. And we know where the Republicans stand on those issues. Uh, they've been pushing this far right agenda uh, to take away, again, we talk about fascism, take away the rights of individuals and particularly minority groups in this country. Uh, And so those are gonna be mobilizing issues for us. Uh, And in the end of the day, I want people to understand this. You know, the pundits say, well, you know, in the midterms, the party in power loses the control of the house and Senate. Folks, bottom line of this is this, in 2020, 80 million of us came out to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and only 70 some odd million for Donald Trump. 
if everybody who voted last time votes again this time, then we, who gives a damn what the pundits say? We're going to win control of the House back. We're going to win control back of the Senate. We'll add a few seats to the United States Senate because I know we will. Now, you look at redistricting uh, that process. We are coming faring better than I had hope uh, in the redistricting process, which gives us more hope. In the end of the day, folks, we have to come out and vote. That's the bottom line. So don't allow the Republicans to say, well, they have more enthusiasm or whatever. We know what we will get if the Republicans take control of the House or they take control of the Senate. We have already seen such progress being made um, uh, in just one year of this administration. So let's continue that progress. Let's continue moving forward. And and, uh, if we get Democrats back in the House and the Senate, uh, there'll be a lot more things, positive things that we have uh, going forward in this nation. Jamie Harrison, we appreciate you coming on the Midas Touch podcast. As always, firing up Democrats, firing up people who love democracy. I mean, to me, that's yes. what it's about when you think about it, Jamie. At this point, we have one political party, major political party in the Democrats that really supports democracy, that roots for the United States of America. And you have another political party out there and uh, the Rona McDaniels and people like that who are rooting against the United States of America. I think the choice is very simple. And you made it very, very it's a very clear choice, a very clear choice. Again, you got the party of fraud, fear and fascism. And you got the party of hope party that believes that all of, of America's people deserve to be able to li- live the American dream. Um, and so that we have to keep fighting for that each and every day. I believe that America is strong enough for all of us, not just for a select few, but for all of us. Uh, and that's the theme. That is the mission. That is the core value of the Democratic Party. Um, it's sad just to see the devolution uh, of the party on the other side. We appreciate you, Jamie Harrison. Thank Jamie you. Harrison, chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, fellas. Jamie Harrison, huh? Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison, ready to go, ready to win in twenty. Jamie Harrison like is not backing down. I love that fight. I love that fight. He gets a lot of crap on on the in the Twitterverse here and there, and honestly, never really for any good reasons at all. Never for any good reasons. But he just puts his head down. He does the work, and the proof is in the pudding, as they say. No, it was a great interview with him, and I think a lot of important points that he had. Um, hit on so just talking about some things that are in the news too right now though this the trump deleting the documents uh, is really heating up in a story so there's kind of two stories a few three maybe stories kind of all intersecting Did you say deleting deleting, huh? deleting 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 eating, eating deleting delete yeah deleting yeah. eating tearing up um documents contemporaneously. So there's one line of, of of news that's breaking about that Trump would just tear and rip up things kind of all the time. So that's kind of one. The next story that's been breaking is that after he left the office, he brought all of the items back with him to Mar-a-Lago, like just letters and classified information yeah, and he confidential the information. <laughs> You're not allowed to leave. And he like stole the documents and brought them with him. And the National Archives had to refer the matter to the Department of Justice because it is a criminal matter. It's up for the Department of Justice to investigate it. But that's another strand of news that's that's out there. And then now we're also learning with breaking news that the call logs that Trump had on January 6th 
are all missing, apparently, or a lot of them are missing. And so the actual official records that Trump and the White House are supposed to keep of who he was calling that day, deleted, destroyed, no longer there. I mean, there's going to be a lot more news on that. But in the legal arena, we call that spoliation, which is in a criminal sense, we call that obstruction. And that's uh, criminal, um, civil spoliation, criminal obstruction of justice. And it is very telling that this is taking place now as the January 6th committee is starting to really dig in and start getting laser focused that, aha, all of the Trump documents and call logs are gone. This is Trump, though, who he is. He will throw other people under the bus. He's a coward. He will destroy and delete things. That's just who he is. But they're coming. They're coming with the truth right now. And Trump is scared, running away. And I'm telling you, there's a reason why you've seen a lot of Republicans speaking up now, maybe a lot, maybe meaning more than one. I shouldn't give them too much credit. And maybe like five of them, you know, though, who have said it's absolutely an insurrection that took place. And it's horrible what happened. Uh, it's such a delicious irony that one of the things that may bring down Trump are his handling of sensitive documents when he's the but her emails guy, the lock her up over her emails guy, the private server guy. And now it's coming out that, you know, that bullshit story, which made, they made a big deal about it, is coming out that now Trump is actually hiding these documents, tearing these documents up. And now we learn today that Trump was also ripping the documents up and putting them into the toilet and was clogging the White House toilets with the documents. Now, we've all heard Trump talk about toilets. He talks about toilets. I think the only person who speaks about toilets more than Donald Trump, I think, is George Costanza for the Seinfeld fans out there. <laughs> Trump loves talking about toilets. You, you got to flush 10 times. You got to flush 15 times. I don't know anybody who's ever had to flush the toilet 15 times. I, I don't know what Trump's doing in there. But now I think we're learning what Trump was doing in there. He was putting documents in the toilet. First, uh, my questions here, I guess, would be, is that before or after he digested the documents? Because we know he was eating the documents. <laughs> These questions have to be asked. Here's Jordan. the thing, though. It, 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 of course, he was the butter emails person. Because at the end of the day, it's what we always say. It's all projection. It's all projection. Of course, he's hiding his documents. I don't even understand what good that does to hide these confidential documents in 2022 or in 2020. Everything exists online. It's like, did, did he think that page of whatever he had was the only one that ever existed? Like there are ways to actually find these documents other than just the single sheet of paper that he may have been ripped up and threw into the toilet or ate. And Jordy, that's a great point. And you're 100% right. Because that's how that they discovered a lot of this. They discovered that the phone records were missing because they actually have the phone records from other people. So they saw that when the White House submitted their phone records, that there were a lot of gaps in it. You know, it's turning into, you know, far more like Nixon and Watergate just on a very, very, very much larger level, just on a way larger level. Um, this thing is exploding wide open right now. But let's get back to Trump. You know, the, the most disgusting visual when you just said it's exploding wide it's open. It's exploding we're not into there. the. Yeah. So with Trump in the toilet, I think the answer is both. <laughs> Um, if you want my hard hitting analysis on the issue, I think Trump, um, you know, probably clogged the toilets after he ate the documents. And I think he also ripped the documents up and put them in the toilet. That's my hard hitting analysis. But at the core of this also, I just want to say it's time for journalists to step up getting serious now. It's time for journalists to step up.
If you have a story like this, that is this serious, that's about somebody hiding information, that's about somebody obstructing justice at the highest levels of our government, it is your duty to report on it. It is your duty to make this front page headline news the same way you made Hillary Clinton's news headline news, the same way you took over the front of the New York Times with that story. You need to make this story headline news. Enough of these reporters saving their scoops to sell books down the road. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. If you have information that's important to the national security of our country, to the future of our democracy, release it now. Release it now because all you do when you release it through your books is you look like an opportunist and you're not doing anything to help this country. You're only doing something to help yourself. And you need to release it because this is the most important story of our day. Like the big media has allowed one of the reasons the Fox News has filled this void and New York Post and they've created this echo chamber though, is because the serious media is just not even reporting on the actual truthful destruction of our democracy that has taken place each and every day. I mean, this legitimate political discourse story should be front page news every single day. Every mainstream media, every news outlet should be running with this every second that the Republicans are calling this legitimate political discourse. And now that Trump is destroying records and eating records relating to an insurrection. And we should be talking about the insurrection every single day and those who support it every day. It's not just Monday's news on January 7th, right? This should be news every single day while the right wing generates their bullshit fake stories where they try to basically go from M&Ms one day, Mr. Potato Head, this week was Midas Touch. And we'll talk about that after the quick break that we're about to take. But that's what we need to be doing, focusing back on the truth with real robust media. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? So I signed up with BetterHelp when they became a sponsor several months ago. They basically help you find your own therapist. If for whatever reason, that's not the good fit, they make it very easy for you to find someone else. This is professional therapy. This isn't self-help. It's available for everybody um, who's listening to this podcast. And it's made an important impact you know, in my life, because when I do the workouts and I joke to Jordy about all the stuff I do early in the morning, you know, once a week, I like to set aside some time to speak to better help and it's online therapy. So it makes it easier than me having to drive somewhere and wait in the waiting room, which is fine if that's what you like to do. But for me being on the run and doing all the work that I'm doing, it makes it very easy and important to reflect on my mental health. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Just give it a try. See why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Midas Touch listeners get 10% off their first month at 
betterhelp.com slash Midas. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Midas. And Brett, you feeling like I've uh, been hearing you having some good cereal lately? Oh. I'm feeling a little magical over here. I'm feeling, you know, you got to nourish your brain. You also got to nourish your stomach, you know, guys. And it's the new year. Magic Spoon is perfect for meeting your goals, whether it's eating healthier or saving more time in your morning routine. Magic Spoon is so incredible for me because with Midas Touch, we're so busy editing these videos all the time and we're working, just burning the candle at both ends. So whether it's early in the morning and I need to get a head start on my day and I don't have time to do other things... I could eat a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal. I know that I'm getting the nutrients I need to start my day. Or even if I want a midnight snack, Magic Spoon is a great way to meet those cravings and be healthy in the process. I mean, growing up, you know, Jordy, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. We would love we our cereals. Love cereal. Like, like we'd be a little too obsessed with cereals. But we had to give it up because we realized it was full of sugar and junk and all these things you shouldn't eat. We're all trying to eat better, but healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. And like I said, it's amazing as a midnight snack before bed, which I may even have it more as a midnight snack before bed than even as breakfast. I've been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy food, and realize that I basically can't eat anything anymore. But finally, I found this delicious way to get my protein before or after workouts or just any time during the day. Let me tell you these numbers because the numbers don't lie. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving at only 100. 140 calories per serving and it's keto friendly it's gluten free it's grain free it's soy free and it is low carb you can also build your own box available flat available flavors to build your very own custom bundle include cocoa fruity frosted peanut butter blueberry cinnamon cookies and cream and maple waffle i'm back to my original combination that i love so much which is you know you take a little bit of that cocoa you mix it with mm. a little bit of that peanut butter you get mm. a little peanut butter cup cereal mm. if you know what i mean that's the pro move right there so mm. if you want to get started today go to magicspoon.com midas to grab a custom bundle of cereal and start your new year off right and remember be sure to use that promo promo code Midas at checkout to save $5 off your order. So listen to this magic spoon. They're so confident in all this. They're so confident in their product. It's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. So remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Midas and use the code Midas to save $5 off. That's M-E-I-D-A-S. Thank you so much magic spoon for sponsoring this episode. The funny thing about this whole Joe Rogan controversy and the right wings targeting of Midas touch as though we're behind it is we've repeatedly, even before <laughs> this QAnon ish account called Wokel tried to act like it was three Jewish brothers who were creating a cabal to control the media and that we somehow are calling all of these musicians to start the boycott. And we're like coordinating all of these things even though the videos that are at issue are from like 2019, they were created by Alex Jones and that we have no part in creating the video because an account that we are affiliated with, that we help with compliance, that they tweeted their own view that Joe Rogan should be terminated, which they have every right to do. And we have every right to say, as we have on our podcasts, you know, we don't cower 
from what our views are. It's one of the things that Midas touched. We took a view that was actually different than the view of a lot of our listeners weeks ago when the Joe Rogan thing started happening, which we repeated on our podcasts. I don't, we don't support a boycott of Spotify. Our show is on Spotify. We believe that the best way to deal with it is one, we can criticize Joe Rogan when he makes statements about COVID that are resulting in the deaths of millions of Americans with his platform or killing hundreds of thousands and millions of people around the world with his platform. It's one factor of a lot of factors. We're going to criticize it our first amendment right it's not cancel culture for us to go after joe rogan and say that he's wrong in saying certain things we're allowed to criticize him he's allowed to criticize our show simple but we've never called for a boycott of him and by the way i want to be clear also we're okay though if people do boycott like our whole thing is let the first amendment play out if people want to boycott if people want to criticize they should be allowed to do that if spotify thinks that his show should stay on then that's their right to do that. Then it's up to the free market at the end of the day to decide. I we want a- to have great content and our content win. You know, our show now, our podcast has been on for slightly over one year of existence in the current format. Okay. We have hundreds of thousands of people who listen and view the show. We'd like that to be a larger audience. We're going to compete with our content, with our entertaining nature with our truth and try to compete in that form. But we're at the beginning of a journey. Rogan's been doing this for what, 12 years now? He started at podcasting really when podcasting was at its infancy. And it was like him, Corolla, you know, people didn't even know what podcasting really was at that time. But for this concerted effort, because these accounts were like the three brothers are behind it when we repeatedly said we weren't, but the echo chamber repeated itself. So now it gets to kind of Tucker Carlson. So it's just interesting watching how it all kind of maneuvers through like the QAnon vocal account with the crazy conspiracies. And then everyone kind of jumps on it and retweets it, even though they don't know who vocal is. I mean, we asked Dave Portnoy on the show, do you know who? The, the account is that you just retweet randomly? He's like, no. It's okay. Well, no one knows what the account is. Their deflection is, oh, well, we never said, you know, directly that they were responsible for orchestrating Neil Young and all these people. We just said that they popularized the video. I, I, we were one of like thousands of accounts to retweet this video. And, and, and then and then their position <laughs> changes when you actually have an educate, you know, an intellectual conversation or you try to engage that, well, you amplified it. Well, the debate was never an amplify. Like if I retweet something that's different than if it's like you're actually behind the consp- this massive conspiracy. Yeah, it's a much different thing where all of a sudden we're on Tucker Carlson show in the center of everything. So we're on Tucker Carlson last night. So Tucker Carlson and a guest, which is like the um it's the like, quack doctor robert <laughs> malone who's literally not allowed like on any social media services like because he spread so much covid disinformation the people on the right say that he is the inventor of the uh, vaccines actually and he says not to take the vaccines and this is the guy a lot of people he looks kind of like the dosakis man he looks like the um, dosakis man like, he, looks he looks like, like the most uninteresting person yeah in the world. yeah he's the most ever- uninteresting <laughs> person in the world he, for all you legal af listeners he looks like the bizarro popak a little bit too just anti-popak 
Pocky and views. Just a really <laughs> I think he looks like Popak. <laughs> but I do re- think like he looks like the Bizarro World version. A lot of Seinfeld references in this episode. Uh, the Bizarro World version of the most interesting man in the world, but he is the least interesting man in the world. And when we play this clip of him on Tucker, um, where he once again repeats this claim that we were behind this whole orchestrated effort to take down Joe Rogan, uh, you will see why we say that. Should we play the, just play the clip now Let's and talk it. to you? Talk, we'll talk it. about it on the other side. And it comes out apparently that the group that made this little attack cropped clip that resulted in Joe's uh, second hostage video on Facebook, fascinating. First one was on Instagram. Uh, why go to Facebook? Um, uh, was, was this uh, left-wing super PAC um, that is uh, uh, Midas light or Midas something? touch. Yeah, Midas touch. <laughs> Um, with a misspelling of Midas as if it was media. Um, and last uh, name. Th- apparently they want to have his head on the wall because it's going to help them with future fundraising. Um, and it, it, it has nothing to do with vaccines. It has nothing to do with me, or, me and Peter McCullough. And the proof of that in the pudding is if they really cared about the vaccine story, uh, then they would have hit Bobby, who also has a Spotify channel. But nothing. This was about taking out Rogan. Real uh, big brain on... uh... But there's every aspect of it because literally (laughs) you criticized um bobby right like you, you yeah literally you, yeah, we actually we, use them as a thing and and w- when they say bobby just so our listeners and viewers are clear they're talking about robert f kennedy jr who is one of the biggest purveyors of of covid disinformation out there incredibly anti-vax guy who we criticized and who's actually you know been very liberal and, and supports a lot of very liberal causes he's been an example who we've used as somebody who we've criticized over this issue but the fact is here's the difference Bobby Kennedy is not being paid $100 million by Spotify to be on Spotify. That's the difference. It's that Spotify wants to be both the platform and the publisher. But, but we do criticize do. Bobby. Like, we have criticized him. Exactly. And, and, exactly. And but so the that, reason why people are say, accusing, though, why they're talking about, you know, why Spotify comes into the mix with it and they want them to take Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan off the platform, the reason that comes into the mix is because Spotify is paying for the content. I mean, that's... But here's the other thing. Bro, bro, but, it, but one thing, one, one thing, one, one thing. This is why Fox News isn't news. This is why Tucker Carlson isn't news. Everything in that clip was false that was broadcasted on their network. Midas Light. Midas Light. Midas, Midas Light. I Midas love the Midas name. Light. Midas Light. Midas, Midas, we'll get into Midas Light in one second. Midas Touch ran with this Joe Rogan. We, we orchestrated the Joe Rogan boycott. False. We, we made the video. We, we made the video. False. False. Um, you know, and they always go this Hollywood super like the terms they use are just, you know, they're like the most hot button kind of conspiracy terms that they love to use. Like if you watch a lot of these videos, they go and listen, these Hollywood brothers from Hollywood with the editor who worked for Ellen and Kaepernick and the cabal and George Soros money. It's like, dude. I, I wish we had the kind of money that you were talking about. I mean, you're giving and us. And I wish we had the impact. It would be quite, if we were able to do all of this stuff, no, like, I would, by the way, be, I'd be it'd be f- kind of badass. I'd be the first to go, <laughs> yeah, we orchestrated that. Hell yeah. You know, hell yeah, we orchestrated that. But, you know, I mean, we like, we show all of our other efforts on the planet. When we fly the loser palooza plane over Trump, the funny, we don't I, go, I, we I got to pause you for a second because. <laughs> Our significant others are in their own kind of chat room and uh, that they talk about some of the stuff. Um, And I I was looking at it the other day and they were like, they're really giving like, 
they're really giving the brothers like way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we went from like the criticism went from Midas touch has no impact at all to Midas touch is the leader of the entire democratic cabal against Joe Rogan. Because, and, be, because we, we retweeted, retweeted one. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> we literally retweeted. We literally retweeted a video. We, we retweeted a video, and then and then every it's it's beyond the funniest. Like it's really the silliest. You know what my thing. you know what my wife said the other day. She goes, everyone keeps calling you guys trust fund kids. She's like, I wish you had a trust fund. I wish, and she's like, I she's like, I wish you didn't work eighty hours a week, and that we each didn't have to have jobs to support our family and our home and our expenses. She goes, if do you have a trust fund, I'm not I don't know about because please the trust fund that we're. The trust fund that we're we're unaware of would be would be very nice what a plot twist that, that would be oh my yeah, god come on but, come on, but, but come on back, dad going back real quick going back real quick guys midas light i think we just found um i think we found a new merch product yeah midas light, midas light. Okay. here's here's what we'll do jordy um do okay so what, what what do we got for Midas Light? You tell us. You're the merch guy. So yeah, all right. what do you want to do for Midas Light? You want right. to come up with a design on the spot right Spoiler now? Spoiler alert. We have the design. We have the shirt. Select few. We're selling them right now. Get your Midas Light gear today. Brett, pull it up. Hey, it's Midas Light. It says, stay mighty. Stay mighty. Strong statement. Stay mighty. But, you know, here's what we need to do, though, as podcast. I just want to be clear. That's a, that's available right now on our website. So go to store.midastouch.com. Oh, yeah. Don't no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Don't gloss we over the, the Midas Light merch. This is a real thing. Get yeah. your limited edition Midas Light gear. Thank you, Tucker Carlson, for your support of our of our entity here. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do probably just one run of these. So get them today because we may be taking them down after a few because well, and get them while supplies last. But what, what we do try to do, though, is we try to uplift voices. And there's a ton of great podcasts out there and i always like to dedicate a portion of the show to recommending a podcast that i love for our listeners and viewers to watch and the one that i love is called the lost debate and whenever you look for news you may feel forced to choose between echo chambers in the mainstream media and conspiracy obsessed alternative media you know what we're talking about now that's why you should check out the lost debate it's a podcast and youtube show for political eclectics like me who want to escape their media bubbles and engage in good faith with ideas from across the political spectrum the lost debate is hosted by ravi gupta a former staffer for obama and school principal who founded arena an organization that has trained thousands of progressive staffers and helped elect hundreds of candidates corey bradford a progressive political organizer from the deep south turned TikTok star who once hosted a Fox News radio show and Ricky Schlott, a Gen Z New York Post columnist and libertarian fighting to protect free speech. They cover the latest news, ideas and trends that mainstream media overlooks. Instead of being at each other's throats, they focus on bringing new perspectives to the table in constructive debates that sound less like crossfires and more like discussions between real people. Join the conversation Check out The Lost Debate today. New episodes drop twice a week. All you got to do, search for The Lost Debate on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I really love The Lost Debate podcast. And it's really what our mission is at the Midas Touch podcast and Midas Media. We really want to have serious, real conversations. It's why when you know, Portnoy called me, you know, called me out or whatever, I was like, yeah, I'll have a conversation right away. 
you know, and I'm willing to have those types of conversations. You know, what I probably wouldn't do on reflection, like I wouldn't go on a show that's controlled by a radical right extremist in their format. What I think I would always do, though, is a format that's neutral, a format that is like always, um, you know, you know, live where both sides have a full recording of the conversation where nothing could be edited. And I'm open to having those, you know, conversations and having serious conversations. Like at the end of the day, people who watch that debate and who had the conversations, you know, put it this way, when you have to put a meme up after that makes you look like a WWE wrestler, I'll tell you, you probably didn't win that debate if that's what you need to kind of pat yourself on the back right there. Um, And most people who saw that appreciated the high level that we kept it. Um, And those are the types of conversations that I I do want to have with with other people. And I just want to say this too, well, you know, on that note, you know, Republican right wing radical right disinformation is powerful. And we spoke about this with Jamie Harrison on today's show. And we've seen it time and time and time again. Think to those clips of Joe Biden where they like edit three seconds of the clip, right? And they go, oh, Joe Biden says he's abandoning a COVID response. Oh, Joe Biden said, quote, when he was he reading the stage directions. Oh, Joe Biden is giving away crack crack pipes across America. A made up story. Another another just totally made up fake story. I'm just going to like have some hard talk for one second with our listeners and our viewers, because there are far too many of you who see GOP propaganda and you go, what is this? I can't believe this person said that. I can't believe this person did that. Joe Biden's doing what with crack pipes? We Midas Touch did what? Midas Touch was responsible for Joe Rogan. We see this time and time again. And that's why we say these simple words. The Republican Party lies about everything. The Republican Party lies about everything. So anything that you hear that sounds like, hmm, that's not how I heard it, or hmm, I didn't hear anything about this until Ben Shapiro brought it up, or I didn't hear anything about this until Wokel brought it up, or Don Jr. made a post about it. Let's first look for the truth behind these statements. Let's not believe anything that they say on their side. Let's verify things before we go repeating it, and before we start forming opinions based on people who we know are bad actors, and have a history of releasing deceptive content and of straight out making things up agree with brett every step of the way we appreciate you for joining us on the midas touch podcast today the top political podcast in the country and the world special thanks to our guest Democratic National Committee Chairman jamie harrison special thanks to our sponsors athletic greens better help blinkist magic spoon use those codes midas check out our podcast recommendation the lost debate we will see you next time on the midas touch podcast and make sure you get your midas light stay mighty shirts that jordy has spent some time creating jordy take us out store.midastouch.com shout out to the midas mighty